Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans, it is I, your host, Jason Rudy from Desperate Visions Productions, a Sacramento-based filmmaking uh, production company uh, that I founded in 2007. Did uh, 12 films about so far, 12 films I've completed, I should say, for the company so far, and going to start up and going to tackle about another, like, three to five coming up here at the uh, end of 2021, or second half of 2021, and uh, into 2022, so uh, recording this, like, about in April, so we're going to start it up in, like, April, May, maybe, like, kick in, kind of do the Franco 30-day deal, I think, maybe for each film, or less, and uh, try to knock out about three or four, and edit those, and uh, go on from there, but uh, for this, this is episode 32, and... uh, Film 32 by Jess Franco. It's already at 32 films by 1970. And this 32nd film is the last film of the beautiful electric, the enigma known as Soldad Miranda. And that film is The Devil Came from Ak Asava, Spain and West Germany, 1970. Um, the uh, original theatrical title, Country of Origin, of course, Spain and West Germany. The Spanish one is El Diablo Quivino de Aksa Akasawa, with a W, not an A. And in Germany, it's uh, Der Tiful Karn Us Akasawa. Alternative titles, Italian theatrical, is uh, Venus Without a Name for Inspector Forster. Una vera senza nom per Inspector Forse. Spanish alternative video cover is El Diablo de Aksawa. Spanish alternative video cover, another one, is uh, El Diablo Convino de Aksawa. And shooting title in uh, MF is uh, Devil of Canon D. <laughs> uh, production companies, uh, Cooperative Phoenix Films, Madrid. And uh, CCC Kunst Films out of Berlin, 1970. CCC Film Kunst Berlin, German Prince. Theatrical distributor, Cinerama, Munich, and CEA out of Madrid. Shooting date on this uh, is pretty quick. They shot it from June 21st to July 15th. That's under 30 days. That's like basically 15 and 7. is like 22. About, about 23 days, man. That's like really short, like just over three weeks. Uh, yeah. June 21st to July 15th of 1970. Got the certificate, Germany, in February 18th of 71. Um, wow, well, yeah, actually, quite a bit later. So, yeah, 7 and 2 is uh, 5. So, about 7 months later, got the certificate. And then played a month later, March 5th of 71 after that. Um, way after the time she had passed on. Uh, let's see, played Italy, June 5th, 72. Rome, June 7th, 72. Barcelona, November 12th, 73. Seville, July 19th, 74. And Madrid, June 16th, 75. Yeah, played quite a few places. Three, four, five, six places compared to the usual two or three on the smaller film. So yeah, it's not the best film, but it, it, uh, it's got that spy caper, so it, it looks bigger than it was and had her appeal. So it definitely, but yeah, it didn't play in the United States, unfortunately. Um, a lot of those films of this period didn't. Uh, well, of course, besides Imperial Lesbos did, but you know, this this one didn't. Uh, theatrical running time, Spain, 84 minutes. West Germany, 84 minutes. Uh, Castle Don Ronda as Jane Morgan. Fred Williams as Walter Forrester. Ewa Stromberg as Ingrid Thorson. 
Horst Tappert, Dr. Andrew Thorson. Horst Tappert is starting to be one of my favorite actors. I, I really like seeing him on film. He's he's a good actor, and he just I always tell people he looks like a movie actor to me. Um, I definitely want to start looking up his other films for other directors. Um, Alberto Delaves plays Irving Lambert, uh, British Council. Walter Rilla is Lord Kinsley, uh, clinic patron. Angel Mendez, Angel Mendez, who I like, he's cool too, Professor Forrester in this. Paul Mueller, of course, he's awesome, is Dr. Henry. Antonio Pedilla is Wajo, Forrester's assistant. Uh, Moises Augusto Roca plays Arthur, surveillance cop at airport. Siegfried Schoenberg is Sir Philip of Scotland Yard. Jess Franco is uh, Major Tino Sell of the Italian Secret Service. Blanding Ebener is uh, Abigail Kinsley. Howard Vernon is Humphrey, Sir Philip's new nurse. Uncredited Carl Heinz Machkin is police administrator, speaking with Sir Philip. Credits on this, Jess Franco, based on the book The Devil Came from Akasava by Edgar Wallace. Adaptation and screenplay, Ladislas Fodor, Paul Andre, Jess Franco. Dialogue, Arne Enzholtz, German print. Director of Photography, Manuel Marino. Uh, let's see, editors, Maria Luisa Sorrento. Um, art director, Carl Meyerberg. And what else do we have that's important? A lot of credits on this. Uh, especially all the camera operators and stuff. I'm kind of wondering if some of these are truth. Um, okay, here we go. Still photographer, Ramon Ardid. This is one of his earlier ones before uh, Lena. So yeah, Ramon Ardid is the still photographer on this film. Interesting, I didn't know that. Uh, what else do we have here? So I wonder if this is probably one of his first. Um, so yeah, this is... Uh, he shot this before J- Juliet, which was, of course, the unfinished short, like 40 minutes of footage he shot with Soldad that was unreleased that I kind of want to write and redo myself. Uh, before the rest of Julieta could be filmed, Franco started <clears throat> the next 30-day wonder on his shooting schedule. Go through all the many pages of Murderous Passions, Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 1, Stephen Thrower. So let's see. Um, so yeah, this is one of his uh, 30-day miracles, wonders. The Devil Came from Akasava, shot between June 21st and July 15th, and Alicante, Huelva, Lisbon, and CCC Studios Berlin, then the lightweight crime spy caper in the mold of Attack of the Robots and Golden Horn, professed to be based on the work of Edgar Wallace, not one of Franco's more compelling or original efforts. There's little on screen to mark Akasava out from the crowd. Off screen, however, it's a very different story. On the 18th of August, 1970, not long after completion of Akasava, Akasava, Soldad Branda, Franco's friend, screen muse, and most promising young discovery, was killed in a car wreck on the coastal roads north of Lisbon, Portugal. She was on her way to Lisbon to meet Franco and Karl Heinz Manchikin to sign a contract for future projects with Bronner's CCC. Tragically, her boyfriend lost control of their car on a steep bend. The young man survived, but Miranda was pronounced dead at the scene. Her early death left a permanent scar in Franco's psyche and deprived the world of a rare and talented beauty. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it's its meant to be a comic strip spy thriller, but without the money to do the exciting action sequences. 
Franco's forced to pat it out with the lighthearted tale with talk, 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 and lots more talk. Characters come and go, and the plots dart around frantically, running only so far with an idea before dropping it absentmindedly. What's needed is a more cash for a spectacular set piece and a decent script replete with cool dialogue and a sense of irony. Sadly, Franco can't squeeze enough money from producer Arthur Bronner and script with mistakes. Incident for drama is busy without being very amusing. Uh, it's not a complete washout. It has a manic, jittery quality, ripped up with a barrage of rapid zoom, short scenes, fast cutting, and breezily demented music. However, the director's being a bonnet energy, being a bottle energy, finds no real outlet as the story unfolds. Events are re- relentlessly inconsequential, and the denouncement with corrupt authority figures pointlessly explaining their villainy to each other is no more exciting than the rest of the story. Major plot twist involving a wheelchair is thrown away barely a minute before it could have been used more dramatically for a confrontation between the hero and villain. Uh, he's amusing for a sort of he's aiming for a sort of galloping bond light frivolity, but without the means to create visually impressive payoffs, there's simply no chance of this happening. In tone, the film is closer to Sadoist erotica or Kiss Me Monster. Uh, but whereas they coasted along on the charms of their subtle characters, this film never sits long enough to develop significant relationships. Um, by the time Sold Out Miranda and Fred Williams have hooked up together, we're halfway through the film, and to be honest, they really don't generate sparks anyway, little wonder. And it's a film trying to play the James Bond game. It's amazing that Williams' character is never even granted a proper name. He's posing as Walter Forster, the missing scientist's non-existent nephew, but we never find out who he really is. Jane just carries on calling him Walter, but which place is a lousy name for a sexy young hero. Uh, let's see. The Devil Came from Akasava was the last film to feature Soldad Miranda before her death in an automobile accident, although she apparently filmed all her scenes when the crash occurred. Post-production was still in progress. Little wonder then that Akasava felt so disjointed. In the last scene, Fred Williams' playboy spy returns to his hotel room and finds a blonde posing essentially in his bedroom doorway, but she's a nobody, definitely not the woman you'd expect to turn up at the end. Walter, after all, after all had been romancing Soldad Miranda's Jane Morgan during the latter half of the film. It seems obvious that this final scene would have featured Miranda had she lived. As things stand, the ending feels hastily taked, tacked on, and it's out of focus too, understandably, if we consider the camera was probably held by the traumatized Jess Franco himself. Maybe Franco had to shoot something for the ending and quickly made do with another actress. Instead of a romantic clinch beneath the end credits, Soldad Miranda's last line is a quiet goodbye, delivered in somber, medium shot, framed in a doorway, four minutes from the end. And while I'm not keen on predestination theory, there is something uncanny about the content of her last scene work, a car crash at the end of She Killed in Ecstasy, and a Sato voice farewell here. Um... Significant arri- cast and crew. A significant arrival to the cast is Alberto Dalbes, uh, born in April 3rd, 1922. Uh, he would go on to work regularly with Franco during a four-year period spanning Dracula, Prisoner of Frankenstein, Silence of the Tombs, Dracula's Daughter, Erotic Rites of Frankenstein, The Demons, uh, Un Capitan de Quince Enos, 
Kiss Me Killer, Tinder Perverse, Emmanuel, and Night of the Skulls. He looks strikingly slimmer and healthier here than he would in his later appearances, cutting a rather debonair figure. Frank O'Man ought to have given him the showiest roles, but he knew he could rely on the actor to convey sobriety and muted urbanity. In addition to the films already mentioned, Del Blaise appeared in three unfinished Franco prospects, Juliet, 1970, uh, El Castillo Rojo, The Red Castle, 1973, and Relax Baby, 73. He also appeared in Lindsay's A Quiet Place to Kill, 1970, Francisco Lara Pullup's Murder Mansion, 1972, and Javier Aguar's Hunchback of the Morgue, 1973. Actually, I have all three of those. Uh, Della Bass died of a heart attack in Madrid, September 14th, 1983, at the age of 61. Um, locations, Alicante and Huelva, Spain, and Lisbon, Portugal. As it's set in two places, the production can't afford to visit, Kenya and London. The Devil Came from Akasava depends on stock shots of Big Ben, lots of Spanish or Portugal palm trees, and an awful lot of indoor shooting. Spanish Franco expert Carlos Aguiar reports that some outdoor some shooting took place at the caves of Naval Carnero, Villa Villacazosa de Odeon near Madrid. Studio filmed at CCC Studios, Berlin, Spandau. Uh, connection. The Devil Came from Aksava is supposed to be an Edgar Wallace adaptation, but there's no discernible link to the writer. No such title resides in Wallace's bibliography, although a fictitious region of Africa called Akasava features in his controversial novel about white imperialism uh, Sanders of the River 1909 given that this disagreeable novel portrays a heroic British imperial commander who quells native rebellion by such means as a thrashing native chieftains with a rattan cane in front of their subjects I can see no thematic link between the Wallace story and Franco's film except for the shared location Akasava is the name of a Kenyan town in the film. The stone the villains are so keen to possess, and which emits radiation so devastating that men are burned after a few seconds' exposure, is a MacGuffin purloined from the Robert Aldrich film Kiss Me Deadly. Its effect is to darken the pigmentation of the victim's skin, which echoes the puzzlingly random effects of the robotizing process in Attack of the Robots. Other versions, both the English language dub and the German language subtitles, add further confusion to an already incoherent plot by referring to the missing Dr. Forrester as Walter during the boat ride to Akasava. For the rest of the film, however, this is the cover name of Fred Williams' character. The Spanish version perpetuates a problem, while the Italian theatrical release alludes to it in the title Una Venere. Senza nam per l'ispettore Forrester, which translates as a Venus without a name for Inspector Forrester. Although ironically, the inspector himself, oh, sorry, although ironically, it's the inspector himself who's nameless. The Spanish credits end with a dedication to Soldat Miranda. In the United States, this is out of print. Uh, I don't I think it came out through like image. DVD. That was the copy that we watched. Um, there's also like a German uh, DVD that was kind of floating around, gray market wise. Um, you can find that at different DVD uh, sellers and all that good stuff. Um, hopefully they'll put this out. Maybe do like a, I don't know. Maybe uh, Severin can release this because they released uh, 
She Killed in Ecstasy and Vampiros Lesbos and uh, Count Dracula, the other sold-out films. And, uh, I mean, they didn't do Eugenie. That's still Blue Underground, formerly Anchor Bay. So, I don't know, maybe one of those guys can release this proper on Blu-ray. I mean, it's not the best film, but they can redo it. Hell, I'll, I'll volunteer to do commentary, audio commentary if they need somebody. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to have this out on Blu-ray properly. Um, you know, we want all just Franco films on Blu-ray, shit, what are we saying? So, yeah, put it out, put it out, put it out. And speaking of putting out, if you want to put out, you can get a hold of us at uh, Franco Observer Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Franco Observer Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Franco Observer Podcast. Please add us. Um, also, please subscribe to the podcast. You get it delivered every Wednesday to your inbox every Wednesday morning, Franco Observer. And the occasional bonus episode will also be dropping like you just had on uh, episode 28, I think it was, that we did the bonus one. I'll try to do about one a month, do uh, every Wednesday, and then like one bonus one a month. So it rounds out to be about five or six episodes a month, something like that, usually about five. Uh, let's see. So yeah, subscribe, and you have those. Download, so you have those. Uh, I'll download all that time. It helps our numbers. Tell people, tell your friends. We want more subscribers. Every week is better. Every month is better. So we want to keep building those numbers and get more and more Franco fans to join the Franco army and uh, all that good stuff. So let's see. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a trailer for this, so we'll just have uh, the introduction here and then the uh, little bumper music and then the review with myself and uh, co-host, co-reviewer, Mr. Eric Whitwell, reviewing uh, The Devil Came From Akasava. So... Yeah, Soldado Miranda is amazingly beautiful. Um, I don't know. She's probably my f- favorite Franco gal. I don't know. I know I, was, I had a thing for Martine Steele for a while, which I still do. Uh, Lena's, of course, probably everybody's favorite too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Soldado is it's just, she's the one that brought me into Franco universe. And it's, you know, the one that you like the first is always your favorite, no matter what you get into. So so yeah, that was so that's why she's my favorite. But stay tuned for the review of The Devil Came From Akasava with myself and Eric Whitwell. Enjoy. Hey, buddies. Welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast. I am your humble host, Jason Rudy, and I am coming to you from Desperate Visions Productions Sacramento, California-based filmmaking cooperative. Uh, well, not really cooperative. More of a monarchy run by me, Jason Rudy. <laughs> totally honest with you. Um, but yeah, I've done 12 films. Uh, I just quit my job. Uh, I'm going to be fucking cranking out at least six or 12 more films here in the next two years or so. So you heard it here first. So i got to live by my words and die by my words. So speaking of words and dying by words, uh, we're here to... To Jess Franco's "The Devil Came from Akasawa" or Aksavana, Aksava, I was pronouncing a lot of different titles. And somebody that can help me read titles is my friend and co-host, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Howdy, how do, <laughs> howdy, all the so, death in the beginning. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. So this this is uh, "The Devil Came from Aksava." Aksava, uh, episode thirty-two, film thirty-two. Um, let's see. Uh, speaking of their titles, I usually do this on another part, but since we're talking about the thing, um, 
It's also El Diablo Que Vino de Akasawa, and then Der Turful Come Un Akasawa. So I see it as Akasawa and Akasawa, a W and then a V. So it's two different ways. But uh, yeah, so anyway. And uh, yeah, and that's all because of where the stone that they're trying to search for was found. It was in like uh, the River of Death, El Diablo. Uh, Muerte. Yeah, it was. Uh, fuck, anyway, that's on the other notes. It's uh, Rio del Mortos, River of Death. But, uh, but yeah, so let's go to the synopsis first and we'll talk about all the other good stuff. Um, Aksa. Akasava, near Mombosa, Kenya. Professor Forrester, a British geologist, discovers a mysterious rock crystal that can turn ordinary metals into gold. As I check my recording, yes, it's going good. But which can burn flesh and destroy the human mind. The professor's assistant is shot by thieves who steal the rock. After rushing away to summon his friend, Dr. Thorson, Forster himself goes missing in the jungle. Meanwhile, in London, a man is murdered while attempting to burgle Forster's office. The British Secret Service and send Special Agent Jane Morgan to Akasava, operating undercover as an exotic dancer at the Red Rose Club, while British Council investigator Irving Lambert poses as her husband. Also in the region is a detective from Scotland Yards posing as Professor Forrester's non-existent nephew, Walter. Between them, they encounter a variety of possible suspects, including the suave but chilly Dr. Thorson, his bored and horny wife, Ingrid, an Italian spy called Tino Celli, and Lord Kingsley, a wealthy aristocrat with ties to British intelligence. So, Eric, what did you think of the movie? Okay, well, now that just explained everything to me. <laughs> yeah, now you finally understood it, huh? Yeah, well, no, it, it was it was decent. It was good. It was a, I mean, it was an enjoyable movie. It was enjoyable. It was not, you know, yeah. It was, was it mind blowing or you know, it was like a European kind of you know throwback film. I think. Yeah, like a caper. You know, just yeah. like yeah. What what kind of a caper? <laughs> what kind of seasoning on the caper? <laughs> The seasoning of Soldad. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, speaking of Soldad, I like capers. There's a well, I like Soldad, and there's a <laughs> shower scene in this film that made me very happy. Yes, and I started pumping my fist, and Eric started laughing. So, <laughs> so I'm saying, I'm like, yes, yes. yes. So I, was, I was really excited because <laughs> I don't know. She's it, gorgeous, it, man. She's so beautiful, and the water running down her gorgeous, oh. perfect face. Yeah, and those oh, God. that ass, goddamn oh, ass, God. the water running down her ass was just. That's what I wanted to see was that water running down Soldad's <laughs> ass. Just goddamn, she could fart in my face and yeah, I would yeah, be yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, well, you say that about the fucking bum that you know <laughs> talked about last week. So that doesn't go for you know. That's not. I guess that's not like a high standard. Yeah, that's like a fucking given. You know, it's not like a. Yeah, yeah. you did fu- with your fucking landlord. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's no level of like, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so uh, see see how do you go from Soldad? Do you fart in your land or landlord fart in your face? That was you. Well, no, but you had brought a fart in your face. I said Soldad could. Yeah, I know, but. She could give me pink eye. How dare you? And I would smile. So, yeah, well, 
now I'm going to ruin the mood. So this was her last film, and she died right after this film, Eric. Um, so That is sad. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, she, uh, she definitely is, like, so interesting that, like, with this film, you don't even care what's going on when she comes in. Because, I mean, this film I liked, but it's very confusing. There's so much dialogue. There's so much talking. There's so much double-crossing, lying. You don't know who's who, who's telling the truth. I don't know. So much traveling. So much sped-up footage. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. For the longest time, I couldn't figure out if... Was he really Dr. Forrester's nephew, or was yeah. he from Scotland Yard? Was he Dr. Forrester's nephew who is in Scotland Yard? Like, I had no clue, you know? And it's, yeah. yeah. No, I know. That's kind of this whole thing. It's very confusing. Um, but before I jump into that big stew and start, like, cutting out sections of it, I'm going to go on the list because I think that needs to be uh, oh, brought yeah. up. Um, so let's see. One thing I was really happy about is we're laughing because this film starts off with like body of water, sailboat, boats, and palm trees and jungle sound effects like right off the bat. Yeah. Like all five. Just check, 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 check. That was pretty good. Number six, chained up person. Um, Soul Dodd has chains around her in a famous strip scene, but she's not a chained up person. Yeah, and the other lady, she's uh, she's tied up. So it's not chains; yeah. it's like rope that's tying her. Well, up. that that's that's true. I, I I I should yeah, I should say bound person. Maybe chain is a little like bondage. Yeah, or like you know, restrained person. Like as a person tied up in the film, or we usually it's chained up for a while. But but you know, she's chained up when she has like her cool outfit on. Hey, are you going out? Yeah, I'm like chained up. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, that's a stretch, but. Uh, number seven, dance scene on stage stripping. Oh yeah, but the stripping is kind of like more of like flashing. Yeah, she like flashes her tits at the bar. Oh, and she like opens her thing and shows and stuff. She like shows her like side hip and stuff. Yeah, and like like also from before um, um, the other gal in uh, Nightmares Come at Night, where she had the really slow strip scene. This was very similar to that. It, she hid behind a chair and was like, I mean, very seductive. She stared at you and. Eric's like, yeah, so she just stares at you. Like, that's her thing. It's just staring at you. I'm like, yeah, but a soul is odd staring at you, you know. <laughs> but still, yeah, she should at least, you know, do a traditional take off her clothes and, you know. Some of the worst stripping scenes in the last few. Like, it's like, well, is, well I mean, I, okay, I say. But well, is it stripping or is it supposed to be seduction? I mean, because uh, it is seducting her the way she's her hands and staring and watching you. And I mean, she is seducing you. She's being seductive. And that's what they're supposed to do in theory i guess i, I guess mean, you know, I, I don't know. They're, they're, they try to arouse you i mean that's what a stripper's job is to to arouse you seduce yeah. or arouse you in theory i mean you know if they're good yeah i, I don't know i it's just there's just a slow raising of the leg and then looking at people and yeah. curling your lips a little and i don't know it's, it's just for the amount of people in the audience it just kind of uh, well but also too like we had talked like this is another famous example where you know that she was doing it just for Jess Franco and the people in the audience weren't really there. It was like yeah. two separate shots because it's like turn one way and you see all the audience and then you turn and it's just her and the chair and a pretty tight close up. So, you know, that's just on a stage or in a room or something of that variety. I wonder if Franco, like to make her feel comfortable since, you know, she's naked. I wonder if he's naked also when he films her. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Probably at least shirtless. <laughs> Maybe in your crazy imagination. No. Uh, so let's see. Uh, number eight, club scenes dancing. 
if a club is like a hotel lobby, sure. But <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, there's that scene where you come in and you see the, the kind of strippers there when he first meets up with her, uh, the older lady with the robe on and the uh, the Asian gal sitting on the couch with the with the see through robe. Was that the brothel? Yeah, the kind of bro- I, brothel. I, yeah. I, yeah, I guess you're right. That is supposed to be a brothel because she talks about going upstairs and being wild. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a brothel. But um, they were dancing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They were dancing. And then, uh, so, I mean, there's that. And then, uh, number nine, jazz music, totally, yeah. all the way through. Ten, excessive zooms. I don't think excessive. I mean, there are zooms in this, you know, but I think it just kind of goes with the editing. Because one thing I will say, this film had really good editing until the scenes where Jess Franco's in it, then it slows really down quite a bit, you know? <laughs> but other than that, it moves moves pretty yeah. quick, um, you know? But uh, uh, let's see. Mirror shots, yes. There's a great mirror shot where Soldad's, like, taking off her bra and seducing the guy that's supposed to be her husband. Or no, not the guy that's supposed to be her husband, the other guy. Forrester's from, nephew. Yeah, yeah, Forrester's nephew. And uh, you see her back in the mirror and then her and him. And then there's also... Another mirror shot, another part that you had, you had brought up uh, where they're walking in somewhere and you sit down. There's a mirror that's kind of facing yeah. them. So there's there's a, a couple of mirror shots in this. Uh, mind control theme. No, there's not a mind control theme, but there is like a kind of a MacGuffin, like a, a thing that will like burn you and and destroy your mind, you know, not control your mind, but destroy your mind. So yeah. I don't know. It's kind of in that that's same kind of, I was ballpark. Of the same thing. Yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, it's uh, yeah, it kind of- yeah. It, it destroys your mind and then it burns your skin and all that. Yeah. Um, number fourteen, magic tongue scenes. No, because there's yeah. no Lena in this. But uh, and really, she does. Um, Soldad doesn't use her magic lips in this that much. I will say. No. Um, Fifteen red light. I don't think there's a red light. I didn't see any red light. I was a lot of that. lights going on and off. There's a red couch. Yeah, <laughs> and a red chair. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, of course, sheepskin, that doesn't count. 17, mad scientist. I will say yes, because that doctor, Horse Tapper's character, I like that doctor. Okay. He had that crystal kind of kept in that vault, and he has like a control panel. And okay, like, yeah, yeah, I like, can see that. And he's like undercover, and he's supposed to be a good doctor. I can see really, that. But really, yeah. he's an evil person, you know. Okay, I can see that. That's like yeah, the yeah. Um, Edgar Wallace type character, definitely that. Um, 18, fish tank shot, No. no. 19 talking parent no yep. 20 end credits yes there was definitely end credits it said the end yep, after that shot of that blonde girl so yeah so it's kind of sad there's uh, speaking of the last shot I'm going to go into uh, um, this book of course Murderous Passions The Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco Volume 1 by Stephen Thrower um, let's see well, first, I ask you why I look for this. What did you think of Franco's character in this film? It was kind of it was cool. Like it was, uh, it was he was funny. He was funny. He was uh, the Italian Secret Service agent, right? Italian Secret yeah. Service, supposedly, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of funny. So, like when he uh, when he outs himself to him, like can he tells Soledad and her husband, or you know the the guy who's portraying her husband. Um, he talks to him outside and he's just standing there with his shirt off, towel around his neck. Yeah. She's just standing there just wrapped in a towel and they're like saying, oh yes, well I work with the agency, you know, I'm the Italian secret service and it's just kind of funny. Like, yeah. And he sees that he, he sees them kill that guy and they try to bring his body out. Then he steals the body and then he disposes of the body himself. He steals their car and he's like, 
playing a song in the car. He's like kind of singing and tapping yeah. the wheel like he's playing the drums and driving yeah. with a dead body in the car. Yeah, and then he takes a body and throws it into the pond, which looks like it could be like some public park where you yes. break up the thing. <laughs> so yeah, there's numerous scenes in here where they're supposed to be like going through jungles and these remote areas, but you can tell it's like somebody's backyard because it's like two steps away is the door of their house. Yeah, there's actually one path where you actually saw like a cement or stone path yeah. underneath the guy as he's supposed to be running through the jungle after having just been shot. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so like uh, he had mentioned, it goes, um, The Devil Came from Aksava was the last film to feature Soldad Miranda before her death in an automobile accident. Although she apparently filmed all of her scenes when the crash occurred, post-production was still in progress. Little wonder then that Aksavana feels so disjointed. In the last scene, Fred Williams' playboy spy returns to his hotel room and finds a blonde posing centrally in his bedroom doorway. But she's a nobody, definitely not the woman you'd expect to turn up in the end. Walter, after all, had been romancing Soldad Ronda's Jane Morgan during the latter half of the film. It seems obvious that this final scene would have featured Miranda had she lived. As things stand, the ending feels hastily tacked on, and it's out of focus too, understandably so, if we consider the camera was probably held by the traumatized Franco himself. Maybe Franco had to shoot something for the ending and quickly made with another do, made do with another actress. Instead of a romantic clinch between the end credits, Soldad Rondo's last line is a quiet goodbye, delivered in a somber medium shot, framed in a doorway, four minutes from the end. And from and while I'm not on pre destination theory there is something uncanny about the content of her last scene work a car crash at the end of she killed in ecstasy and a sato voice farewell here so yeah so that's the last thing yeah, yeah she like crazy. punches that woman that old woman, the old woman. She, yeah <laughs> punches that old woman just, they try to get out she's like goodbye that's crazy though that's crazy to think about i mean it's really crazy to think about like the movie before she dies in an automobile accident and yeah. In this movie, her last movie, she says goodbye like, yeah. in her last scene. Well, that's and then the, punches an old lady. Yeah. Well, that's always the thing, too. Like the end of Highway to Hell, um, Bon Scott. At the very end of Highway to Hell, the very last thing of the whole album after that song, Highway to Hell, it goes, and he goes, Shaz bought Nanu Nanu. And that was the way Mork from Ork signed off. Yeah. And that was the last thing Bon Scott said, and then he died right after that. Oh, wow. I so, didn't even yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, it's always weird when they're like, Somebody says goodbye. It's always when I'm always self-conscious of certain things. I'll try not to say, all right, I'll be seeing you around. This is the end, blah, blah, blah. Because you're like, oh, shit, you don't want those to be your last words, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know people's famous last words. Um, but, yeah, this this uh, film, um, we went over the list. Um, I thought it was a cool idea, especially how it started off with, like, being an independent filmmaker, you can kind of see the cheapness of it and how it could be done and his situations. I mean, there really wasn't a lot of grand locations in this no it was, you know it was all you didn't really see it was mostly interiors and exteriors of buildings you didn't see really beautiful castles or no. some like, like in his other films where you see oh my god had this location that location i mean you had pretty areas they drove through but like the london stuff was all stock footage oh, yeah. and big ben and old, old oh, yeah. shots and the, the anything that was of any value of any major sh- shot of a of a building or something was a stock shot you know there was one 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 scene though like where um so the the lord what was it, lord king oh, oh the guy in the wheelchair yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well he's being wheeled out and he, they're going like this there's like this long pathway oh yeah and you see the water the in backyard the, of that the, house or something in the background you see right. the water and 
That was like I was like wow that was a beautiful yeah. location. Yeah, I, thanks for bringing that up because I have in my notes too. I think that room where they're sitting in with by the window, there's like a flower chair, and then the other shot you see these flowers next to like a red something. I'm pretty sure that's the room in Eugenie, which was like a couple films back, where uh, Franco's character, uh, so Doctor Thorson or whatever. Um, invites uh, Eugenie and her dad over to the house and he tries to inquis- inquire about them and tries to tell him what he knows about them and stuff. I think that's the same room, yeah. which would kind of make sense that, that close to filming. It's not like 20 years later or something. Yeah. You know, it's like two years or a year or whatever. Or probably shit less than a year. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was cool with them having that stone and I was looking at it. It was kind of a cheaply done idea, but it made sense. The guy yeah. in the radiation suit finding the stone and seeing how that was done and just a good super well done yeah and it's just kind of like a spy caper or like a comic book movie like a 60s kind of a you know a spy and it's got a little comic element of a some kind of a super weapon that burns you or destroys your mind and it's more creative where you don't see it you know you just see and then it's like when the people that are killed by this or something the special effects are so lame it's like <laughs> a, a bright light shown in the face of Franco like yeah. he's, his character dies and then the other guy, they have like they kind of grease their face up a little bit, like they're burned by the radiation of it or something. It's I don't know, it's not that not that expensive. Not that expensive, but it, it, no. it does the job. You know yeah. what I mean? It does the job. Maybe less than hundred bucks, and then you got your special effects. And yeah, it was a cool. I liked. I really dug the concept. Like the yeah. way it, it was funny though. Like um, like yeah. So the guy like he's in the, the the hazmat suit, and you know he goes into the cave, and you know finds the the, the rock, and then. Yeah, it was yeah very inexpensive, but it totally worked. Totally worked. Yeah, but when you when you leave the cave and someone shoots you and you start running, and, and all of a sudden you're at a house. Yeah, you're to your car <laughs> where you snuck into it, but the car is like by somebody's house. Yeah, it's like so next it's to not, a road. Yeah, so it's not that much of a hidden location. It's not like you would cave. Down big safari like you well, know plus later on in the film there was that asian lady was said we will give you like this huge amount of money to tell us the cave where that rock was found and it's yeah. like well the cave's by somebody's fucking house yeah. it's in a public area you could just find it yourself it's not that hard it's not like it's hidden deep in the fucking yeah. jungles of wherever you know yeah that's fucking silly well speaking of jungles of wherever so many jungle sound effects oh. in this cat or that, that bird and the elephants and you thought you'd heard people, some, um, something getting killed during the movie, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was like, it, it, you would hear it while they're inside a room talking. Like, they're inside a room having dialogue, and you hear, ah, wow, in yeah, the background. Yeah. It's like, Just they're not even in the jungle right now. One bird is getting my fucking nerves. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know. Um, what I was going to say on this, uh, Horse Tappert as Dr. Andrew Thorson. Um, I actually liked him a lot in this film he was a good heel where he thought he was a good guy at first and he's a good doctor and stuff and you realize how much of a scumbag he was. Yeah. And he was a, it's funny too because um, <clears throat> a lot of this film, I mean, I'm just going to do the cast real quick. It's almost, okay, yeah, the same music basically, the same musical cues from um, She Killed an Ecstasy, the film right before this, if you don't count Juliet, um, which was shot but never completed. Um you have uh, Soldam Ronda, of course, returning. Uh, Fred Williams, who played her husband, is returning. Uh, U.S. Stromberg, of course, from Vampires Lesbos. And uh, She Killed an Ecstasy, of course, returning. Horse Tabbert, of course, played the cop investigator in the last film. He's returning. It's Dr. Andrew Thorson. Uh, Alberto Delbis. Um, let's see. 
uh, Paul Mueller returns. You have um, uh, uh, Jess Franco, of course, returning. Howard Vernon returning, and Carl Hines, Munchkin, and Kent returning. So yeah, that's quite a bit of the cast from the last film. So he just basically grabbed everybody together and hurried up and shot this in like this is crazy. He shot this from <clears throat> from basically June twenty first to July fifteenth of nineteen seventy. So that's like what uh, nine and fifteen is twenty four days. Yeah. So so like three weeks and three days. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So that's really really easy. So that shows you, man. You could f- shoot a film in under a month, and you know. Edit at night, edit it on the weekends, or edit at right afterwards for a week. In under a month, you have a, a good rough cut of a film, and then however much post you want to put into it and everything is your your choice, of course. But but like with this, we were talking about, we have friends that make films and worry about how the muzzle flash renders and how certain it looks on a certain frame more than one shot compared to another tenth of a second of a shot of something. Here, he, Franco just has people pulling guns, shooting him with a sound effect. No smoke, no no cap, no no fucking anything coming out. No bullet, no blood, no wound, no you know just the selling of the person. Maybe a little blood smear on the face or something on uh, Howard Vernon in that scene when she had when Soldat had her little fucking pea shooter. And uh, but yeah, and they fall and and it still does the trick. Yeah. And it's just a fucking gun with. You know, and yep. that's the guy yep. sells it, and that's all you gotta do. Yep. You're not gonna worry about fucking, you know, rounds or blanks or computer effects, and just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's very refreshing. And, like, in the end, the scene's done, and it's out of your head, right? Yeah. And it's in the past. Why Why worry about It's like so, I don't know. It's so refreshing to, like, watch some of this shit and, and think that way again. You know? Movies do not me. need to count. Movies do not need to cost a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Make, and, and, and something that's so fucking disposable. Why are you going to spend that much money? And it's already in the past. It's like, you think about your next film or your next, and it's just so, I don't know. It's, it's so silly to me. That's why some people spend two years to do their films or three years. on worrying about such minute shit. It's so fucking stupid. And then in the end, you know, all that time you're wasting, you could have done something else and you're just worried about, a special effect of a green screen or a fucking bullet of, of a th- oh, it's fucking stupid. Anyway, that's me rambling. But uh, yeah, but if everyone shot like Jess Franco, you know what I mean? Like you do need you do need variances. Well, you know, you, you do need some quality control, and yeah. you do need. But you know, you're when it all comes down to it, it's fucking telling a story. Oh yeah, I know that's, absolutely. That's, that's all it is. Absolutely. It absolutely. Tells, did you tell the story well or not? That's yeah. all the film is. Don't matter if it's fucking you and me in a fucking backyard with a camera or if it's Star Wars 15, you know? Yeah. Did you tell the story well, yes or no? That's all it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the story was good. I followed I liked it. Boom, that's all I got to do. I think me and you would do better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. It's, <laughs> than Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Speaking More people of, would want to watch us. Speaking of wanting to watch something, it took 15 minutes and 48 seconds of this film to see a little bit of Soul Dodd's nudity, and that was through her dress. Yeah. So, yeah, and that shows you that's crazy for a Franco film, too. Um, but yeah, but we get sold out in there. We get her in the shower scene. We get uh, that cool dance scene. And it's funny. It's one thing that Bone I got to pick with. You see all the uh, sold out shots of this film where she's wearing the black outfit and her lace up boots, and uh, they use it as imagery for Vampiros Lesbos. And it's always from this film, The Devil Came from Akasava, and that always just bugs the fuck out of me. They, including me, I have a shirt that says Vampiros Lesbos, and it's got an image from this film. So I don't know. 
I just why why put out something if it's a fucking lie? Well, it's just know? like the, the DVD covers. I got they have scenes yeah, that in it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why it just, yeah. it just blows me away, man. It's wasted wasted energy, you know. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, and speaking of that, uh, what I would say is continuity is so important in life or in anything, and with this film. Continuity is important even when you don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Continuity is important. Yeah. That's the thing with life, man. Just keep your flow. Keep doing what you're going to be doing. And if everything around you is collapsing or going, just keep your path. I mean, of course, you got to look out for yourself and everything. Yeah. But just keep doing the best job you can do. Do your continuity. Do everything you normally do. And, you know, you still did your thing. at the And that's how this is. Just keep a continuity and, and you know. And uh, make sure you don't have an out of focus death. That's, that's really important, yeah. I think. You know. Yeah. But uh, is there anything you want to add, or any any words of uh, wisdom, or? Well, no, I'm not wise, so I don't have those well, words. But like, the only thing that in this movie that kind of like it cracked me. Oh, first of all, like the acting was good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, the guy who played Forrester's nephew, he was good. He yeah, was good he's a lot better than yeah. She Killed Next to See. Yeah, he was very like confident and moved, and yeah, he was really good and. Soledad, of course, is awesome. Yeah, she she makes anything worth watching. Yeah. She definitely raises the value of this film with her in it. Oh yeah, with her eyes, everything. Like she's she's really good. So yeah. it was a really well done movie. Like the acting was really good. It just it made me laugh that how aggressive Doctor Forrester's nephew was with women. Like he was. He well, was, and Franco goes uh, so pretty, but a cooperative. Such a pity. <laughs> About sold out, you know. Yeah, like, it's almost like that's his rule about women. You know, it's like, oh, she's uncooperative. It's uncooperative. Well, maybe that's the battle Even that, that word Eric, too. You know, that Eric spoke about that yeah. battle, the struggle. But sold out was cooperative, and Lena's cooperative. So that's yeah, uh, and many others. But it was just funny. So like, they both fly from London. They arrive in Mombasa, wherever they are. You know, yeah. August, whatever. I and um. So he does this cheesy move. He goes, "Ah, oh, excuse me, did you drop this?" And he just picks up the bag that's right next to her, and well, she had it dropped it as a move and walked away. And he goes, "Oh, that's an old move." And he gives her the bag back to her. Oh, that's what happened. Okay, I yeah, missed that. She had that. done it as like a flirt. She had dropped the bag. Hope I one, missed one day that. Come by and give it back to her. You know? He's like, he's and she's like trying to rent a car. And he's like, yeah. "Let me drive you into town." And yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. "I'd rather take a taxi." And then before you know, they're like all like sitting in a taxi, and he's like right up on her, like just talking to her looking at her and like then they're on a boat and it was like he was so aggressive with her and then they go to the dance club where she's they're talking in this place in this bar or she just did her number right they're talking in the bar and he's hitting on her and then the blonde lady comes around yeah. and he's like oh let's go dance and he's all about the blonde lady now the, the stromberg yeah stromberg yeah he's all about her after that who either has a really good days visually or really bad days. I yeah. Think. She, she's somebody that changes a lot, you know? Yeah. She's, like, really attractive. And other times she's, ooh, you need to fix yourself up there. <laughs> <laughs> but then before you know it, he's, like, making out with her. And then when she leaves, then he's all about Soledad again. Like, yeah. you know? It's just, it's funny. Like, he was just. Well, you know, it's 1970. It's uh, West Germany, you know? I mean, yeah, hey, He's a good-looking man, and these are good-looking women. And, you yeah. know, why not? You know, yeah. Yeah, well. you know, and you're just Franco movie. You're supposed to. Exactly. Taste, taste all the dishes, you know. But what's funny is like from every glass. What's funny is like when uh, Stromberg when she takes him away at the the bar, then Franco like tries to hit on Soledad, and yeah. she just looks at him and says, "I hate the smell of garlic," and then walks yeah. off. <laughs> oh, that's funny you say that because I was going to bring that up to you. There's uh, oh sorry, no no that's good because uh, she says that, and then I guess in let's see, there's another version of the film. The um, let's see Franco on screen. Uh, yeah, so um, 
or she says, I hate the smell of garlic or better still. She says, I hate, I hate pomade in the German version. So she makes fun of the pomade in yeah. his hair. But in this one, she makes fun of his breath. Yeah. So, I hate yeah. the smell of garlic. Yeah. So I don't know if it was a slam on him. He's Italian. Oh yeah. Cause he's an Italian. Italian secret agent. Yeah. So she's probably just more of a racial thing compared to his taste of garlic. You know, yeah. it's funny. She's fucking, Sold out too. She's so amazing. She has such power. She flirts. Like she kisses all these old, like that old man in the beginning. Yeah. Like gets to rub on her and kiss on her and stuff. And then like young guy. And then, you know, uh, she just, she's so just, she just goes. Yeah. She's, she's so cooperative. She's so cooperative. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, crazy. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just saying, yeah. And another scene that really, I like that. It was like, uh, like she's like, he he, she's holding a gun on him, yeah. And she's like, "Tell me who you are. Tell me who you're working with." You know. And he's like, "I'm Doctor Forster's, you know, nephew. You know, like, right. I'm here trying to find my uncle." And like, she's like, "No, tell me who you are." And then he just jumps up, and all of a sudden, before you know it, like, he's tackling her to the ground. Like it's like he jumped onto her and tackled her. Yeah. And they're and like he, struggling, and he's like, "Who are you with?" She's like, "You could kill me." Right. Yeah. You kill me before I tell you. <laughs> and then he quickly deducts, "Oh, well, that's how they train him in the service or something." Yeah. How did you know I was in the Secret Service? He's like, because I am part of Scotland Yard. And then they just start giggling and making out. Yeah, they, yeah, giggling, <laughs> they laugh, and then they go, well, what do you know? And they tell each other their secrets and shit, you know. And then they just they make out interspersingly between, you know, telling secrets. And it was just, I don't know, I, I, it's just kind of funny. Like, oh, I'm from Scotland Yard. Oh, I'm from the Secret Service. Oh, mwah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was sitting there looking at, at the book and uh, all the pictures up there. And there's this scene I forget of Soul Dog wearing the towel, where she's standing outside, yeah. just Franco's window, trying to e- um, eavesdrop. She is f- fucking amazing with the towel on. So that's all I want to say. Yeah, but yeah, she looks she looks good in all. Like and it's funny because one thing I'd always said about Soul Dog is she, she's so beautiful dressed or undressed. And then one of the characters in the film says that about her. He's like, "Oh, you're as beautiful as you are dressed or undressed." Like, oh, that's what I say about her. Also. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. In wrapping, wrapping it up, um, mm-hmm. it's an interesting film. It's uh, it's it's you know, and like I was telling Eric, if you take a year to shoot this, people go, oh, it's kind of boring or whatever. You tell everybody, hey, you know, you shot this in about thirty days. But I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty good for thirty days, man. And then, yeah. So it has more of a more of a more of a treasure treasure shine to it, I think, if it's knowing that it's so quick and that it's a secondary film and it's probably shot on the go and probably had very little script and wrote dialogue as they went and kind of shot over the wrote over the dialogue daily and just kept giving them more notes and okay you do this and I'll shoot you do this and, and we'll say this and say that and do all that stuff so as a straight independent film before independent film was a thing it's pretty cool because it is a very early independent film yeah. 1970 um, and that style of, of just taking a few people going out shooting a bunch of shit and put it together is, is cool and that's what the spirit is of independent film um, it is interesting there's there's a cool of course, Soul Dodd's amazing in it. Um, and that's the thing. If you have really one interesting male actor or female actor, if somebody has that charisma, whether it be like a Jack Nicholson or Soul Dodd Miranda or somebody, even Jack Nicholson when he was a nobody, just somebody that has that thing where you want to just always watch them on the screen, that's a huge thing for the film, and that will keep a lot of people watching. Um, some people use it through nudity, but if somebody's charismatic enough, you don't need the nudity s- steady because it does get old after a while. Um, and with her, it's it's amazing because she's just who she is, and she can be in a scene, and you just want to see what happens, you know. Um, but yeah, so like I said, uh, good editing on this sold on. 
um, it's cool ideas in this, uh, the spirit of it's good. Um, and in lieu of money and for action scenes and that, they have a lot of talking and a lot of expiratory dialogue and things that kind of weigh the film down. And if they would have trimmed the dialogue, I think a little bit and maybe, I don't know, even if in lieu of money, just had a few more clever ideas in lieu of talking long scenes. I think it would have been a, a little bit of a better film, you know, um, so it's not wasted in it, but she is better than what the film is, I think. And I, w- I wish she would have had a better role, but the role she had was probably the best role for her in the film. Well, maybe it was a good thing they, they got it done so quickly considering, you know, that she, she passed away like so shortly yeah. after, Yeah, you know, it's like, at least he got one more movie in, you know, at least yeah, he got one that's more true. with her, you know, got those last couple of weeks, you know, so, but you know, who knows, but yeah. so yeah, so, um, rest yeah. in peace, Soledad. Yeah, exactly. Rest in peace. She's in, and she's somebody who became bigger after death than in, in life. So that's like pretty cool. That's, that's always the way that you want to live if you're not appreciated in life to be a huge superstar after life. You know, if she would have seen her success, she probably would have been amazed, and that's what she probably would have wanted. Um, but yeah, so that's one thing we always do is to bring the name of Franco and surrounding people like Lena and sold on everybody into public consciousness and uh, preserve their memory and all that good stuff. So, with that, this is a good wrap up for that. So uh, be well and be good. Just remember, Soledad Miranda is watching you from heaven, pumping yeah. your fists. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, exactly. And she's somebody that, well, that's that's the thing, too, because they had talked, I'd watched an interview with Franco, and he talked about after he got with Lena and stuff, and they would be out on location in hotels and be at places filming stuff, Lena would occasionally find a piece of Soledad's uh, outfits or something in her luggage, and she's like, well, what is this? She'd ask Franco, well, what is this? I found a shirt, or what, whose is this? And I don't know who it is, you know, and he, she thinks it was some girl, and he recognized it was a piece of Soledad, so it was almost like Soledad was watching over, and she wow. approved of Lena, and she's like, okay, Lena's cool, and, and she's part of your deal, and, and carry on, you yeah. know, so that's always a cool thing. That's, that's an crazy, extra, extra that's cool crazy. thing about her watching over later on, Yeah. You know? so yeah, that, that, that's a weird thing, and, wow. and, and Franco talked about how he never talked about that during filming to, like, capitalize on it, like, as an exorcist thing, or anything like they do in films to and he just kept that to himself and then years later he talked about when he's old man and shit so yeah, yeah. so that's that's fucking cool so yeah. and I actually believe that so yeah. but uh, yeah so anyway uh, check it out it's cool um, it's kind of out of print uh, I got a, a gray market one off of I think the German DVD and I think uh, I think it's a um, I forgot who put it out but anyway but yeah check it out you can probably get it on eBay hopefully they'll put it out on Blu-ray that would be a good, good deal you know um, some commentary sold odd, you know, you definitely sell it with that. So yeah. there's always new Franco fans, especially ones that we all connect with. So, all right. In closing, uh, I bid you farewell. Beautiful nights. Beautiful nights.